Stat Media Group, delivering logistics news since 1986. This is Cargo Masterminds from Stat Media Group. It's Monday and it's time to catch up with our new Cargo Mastermind. Hello and welcome to Cargo Masterminds. My name is Reggie John. Air Cargo is one of the most important facilitators of global trade. And today, more than ever, Air Cargo is even more critical as the world's population waits to get the COVID vaccines. With various intensities of travel restrictions still imposed across countries to contain the spread of the coronavirus and its mutants around the world, passenger aviation is minimal and therefore restricts air cargo capacity. However, air cargo industry is innovating and creating solutions under extremely challenging conditions to deal with the current crisis. Even after a year of intense lockdown measures by countries and even with the availability of COVID vaccines, not one but many, the challenge continues. But the stakeholders of the air cargo industry is unwilling to give up and they continue to be creative. My guest today is someone who has been a passionate air cargo professional with more than two decades of experience. I'm happy to have Martin Jew, Senior Vice President, Sales and Cargo, Etihad Aviation Group, join me in today's episode of Cargo Masterminds. Martin joined Etihad Airways in 2005. For close to two years, he was based in Mumbai, heading the cargo operations of Jet Airways, in which Etihad had a significant stake and substantially grew Jet's cargo business. In November last year, Martin was appointed Senior Vice President, Sales and Cargo at Etihad Aviation Group. He is a member of the airline's executive management team and lead global passenger sales and oversee all aspects of Etihad Cargo. It has been four months since he took charge of the cargo operations at Etihad and it has been hectic. Martin, welcome to Cargo Masterminds. Thanks, Reggie. Good to be here. Good to see you. It's been a, it's been a long time, so it's so nice to see you. Nice to catch up with you again. Martin, four months uh, in the current role, uh, bring yeah. us up to speed what has been happening at Etihad. Uh, it's been a quite, quite a hectic uh, four months. It certainly has, yeah. It's been uh, quite a time to, to return to cargo. And uh, as you mentioned, I've, sort of, uh, I've got a sort of dual responsibility now where I'm, I'm responsible for cargo uh, as well as, as passenger sales. And, and I, think you could, uh, I think you could safely say there's probably not two more uh, contrasting businesses at the moment. Obviously, very, very different. Uh, uh, market conditions on both sides of the business. Uh, but from a cargo standpoint, um, you know, I think, you know, my four months back so far, it's obviously been very much focused on, on continuing to sort of navigate our way through this, through this pandemic. Um, and I think, you know, something that I've been very focused on since my return to cargo is to really focus on, on partnerships. And I think, you know, throughout this crisis, it's really emphasised the the importance of partnerships, and you know we have some very very strong partnerships across uh, across the industry. Uh, and what we've really been focusing on, on on how do we enhance those partnerships even more? Because ultimately, uh, you know we're all in this together, um, and it's something that we need. You know we need strong partnerships to, to see us through this crisis. So for me, it's about focusing on uh, on how do we get closer to our partners, uh, ensuring that we're easy to do business with, that we're flexible. Uh, and as, as I said, again, you know, I know that uh, together we'll sort of navigate our way through this crisis. I think from an operational standpoint, there's obviously been a lot of focus on, on that in terms of ensuring that we're deploying capacity where it's needed. Obviously, there is a, 
um, uh, you know, constraints at the moment globally in terms of air cargo capacity. So it's about us deploying our capacity as best we can to try and satisfy demand. So it's about focusing on, on further optimizing our network. Um, you know, we've, got, we've, we've applied a pretty creative approach as many sort of combination airlines have now in terms of deploying uh, passenger aircraft purely for cargo purposes. Um, we have now a number of aircraft, 777-300s, where we have stripped out the seats, and we're looking to see if we can do that with more. Um, and, and again, on the, on the partnership piece, you know, we, we've, we've uh, now uh, entered into a partnership with a Hope Consortium, which I, I know we'll talk about in a bit, um, as well as uh, more recently, uh, we've signed uh, an MOU with, with UNICEF, which we're really excited about. So, um, yeah, so just in general, it's been about sort of ensuring that our, our network is optimized, but really focusing on, on our customers um, and ensuring that we have, um, you know, we're continually enhancing our partnerships. Martin, a few more details about uh, how you actually orchestrated cargo, cargo capacity. Uh, of course, it still continues to be a problem. Capacity is, uh, is limited. Uh, the demand is on the high. Mm -hmm. uh, tell us about some of those uh, innovative methods, uh, cargo-only passenger flights, repurposing some of your 777-300 here for cargo to be lodged on the on the passenger cabins. Uh, uh, so tell us some, what are, what are the, how many aircraft have been deployed? How many flights have been cargo only flights so far? If you can give us, provide a, a, a few more details about it. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously I think that the position we find ourselves in now compared to a year ago is, is very different from a, a capacity standpoint. Obviously, uh, you know, the capacity crunch that's, that's been witnessed as a result of the, the grounding of so many wide-bodied, in particular, passenger aircraft. Uh, led to this, you know, this severe imbalance in terms of uh, demand outweighing supply from a, a capacity standpoint. Uh, from an Etihad standpoint, the way that we we, we addressed that, I think we were we, we were very quick to react in terms of um, not only uh, ensuring that we're uh, optimizing our our five triple seven freighters, um, but also as well deploying uh, passenger aircraft purely for cargo purposes. Um, if I think sort of a year ago that we would be doing what we're doing now, uh, or what we have done during the last last year, I just wouldn't have believed it. But uh, you know, we we're deploying uh, primarily our our, our seven eight seven dash nines and dash tens purely for cargo purposes. But in addition to that, what we've also done is remove the seats on on five triple seven three hundred ERs, uh, and uh, and we're looking to see if we can if we can do the same with a, a number of uh, other units. Um, and you know what, what that's enabled us to do is really give us that uh, that that even more flexibility um, of being able to deploy those aircraft. And of course, those aircraft are you know you you are limited in a way to markets that have the right type of cargo that can be that for that sort of operation. Of course, it needs to be cargo that can be uh, manually loaded onto the, the main deck. Um, but of course, with many of the markets in terms of those those garment producing markets. There is a number of markets within our network that that type of operation is, is suitable. Um, but I think that what we've shown throughout this crisis is, is just how agile and how flexible we can be. And, uh, and that's, of course, key to being successful in the, in the air cargo business. Uh, Martin, have you restored all your freighter network destinations after the lockdown? And what has been the utilization of your 5777 freighters? Yeah, so they so the, the network has 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 all been resumed. It was, if anything, it was it was enhanced, it was intensified as uh, you know the that this faith, the faithful day of, of the 25th of March was a day which will always live with us at Etihad. That was the day we grounded 
um, all passenger services. So what we did was we, we reacted very quickly. First of all, we sort of uh, uh, ramped up our, our dedicated freighter operations. As you said, we have uh, 5777 freighters. Um, but within 24 hours, we had deployed our first passenger aircraft purely for cargo purposes. And then within 48 hours, we created a, a Prater network, if you will, deploying uh, 787s and, and, uh, and 777s. And in terms, of the, in terms of the 777 freighters, um, we fly on them hard, as you'd expect. We're averaging about 16 and a half hours a day in terms of uh, utilization. And we're constantly looking to see how we can further optimize that. Martin, on the on the Hub Foundation, uh, uh, you've been uh, one of the significant uh, partner in the in the Hub Foundation initiative, uh, uh, and uh, also the your partnership with the UNICEF among many other airlines, about sixteen of them as of as of now. Uh, tell us about these partnership for uh, the potential COVID vaccine transport. Uh, I think uh, you've already started COVID vaccine transport already under Hub Consortium, and I think soon you would start uh, flying vaccines under for the for the UNICEF as well. Yeah, so let me let me start off with the Hope Consortium. So the Hope Consortium was created in, in December. And really the Hope Consortium is a pretty unique initiative. It brings together public and, and private sector companies, um, you know, many Abu Dhabi key stakeholders. It's a it's a, a consortium that's led by the Abu Dhabi Department of Health. And effectively what this is 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 a significant milestone in Abu Dhabi creating um, itself as a, as a global distribution hub for the, for the COVID-19 vaccine. And of course, Etihad, as the, the national carrier of the UAE, will play a pivotal role in helping the, you know, with the distribution of the vaccine. And, and where I think the, the consortium is pretty unique is that um, as it's led by the Department of, of Health, um, there is that procurement uh, of the vaccine element to it as well. So, uh, the vaccines are being procured from, from all manufacturers, being brought into Abu Dhabi by Etihad. We've already operated a large number of flights. I think today we've carried about 8 million doses, but there's plans for a lot more. And, uh, and the, the vaccine will be brought into Abu Dhabi and then distributed globally from Abu Dhabi. So it's a, uh, it's a pretty, um, pretty unique initiative, one that we're very excited about. And I think, as I said, it's really going to put uh, uh, Abu Dhabi on the map in terms of uh, as a distribution hub for the vaccine. And, and this is more of a, a sort of long-term play as well to, to create Abu Dhabi as a, uh, as a distribution hub for, um, for pharma and, and life science um, uh, products going forward. Uh, and then of course, as, as relates to the UNICEF program, um, you know, something as you mentioned, we're one of a number of carriers that uh, are part of that now, something that we are incredibly uh, honored to be part of, um, you know, be part of this, uh, uh, this UNICEF effort to, to ensure that the, the vaccines are distributed um, around the world uh, and to reach those, uh, you know, those in need as well. So the fact we're part of this, uh, this program is, um, is something that we're very excited about and honoured to be part of. Um, and I think this combined with our consortium, yeah, this, is, this is sort of Etihad uh, playing its part in, in helping the world to try and uh, uh, you know, rid, rid the world of this virus. Martin, let me uh, let me take you to some of your vertical business. Uh, I remember, I, I'm perhaps uh, maybe all of last year you had only a focus on PPEs and healthcare products. Uh, probably all your other verticals must have gone for it. Uh, uh, how are you realigning the business different verticals to so your perishables, your live animals, and mm -hmm. other key verticals? And uh, where do you see 
your former life as a significant vertical business in your portfolio of your uh, products? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're right. I mean, Reggie, I, I think, to be honest, in terms of some of the, the product offerings that we had, uh, I think maybe we had too many products and we've now narrowed that down. Um, and, but, and, and as you rightly say, there was a lot of these products in terms of Sky Stable, so the, the equine movement. Of course, during last year, we, we really saw very limited movements of, of, of equine, of, of live animals, because you know, PPE was taking priority over everything for those, you know, those, those, when we saw that PPE phenomenon. So there are a number of these products that sort of, you know, there were limited activity last year, but now what we're starting to see is a return of the movement of a lot of these commodities. So, um, you know, we have the, um, uh, in addition to Sky Stables, we have the live animal product, Fast Track, our express product, um, Flight Valet as well as for the movement of cars. So a lot of these, um, these verticals, we're now starting to see the return of activity. But of course, the, you know, the, the, the big one, and then we actually sort of relaunched this product is, is, is Pharma Life, so our, our pharmaceutical product. Um, we are uh, IR to CIV um, uh, certified. Um, and you know, we've been carrying Pharma like uh, many airlines have focused on that vertical for, for a long time. So of course, you know, it's now more important than ever with the, with the, you know, for the distribution of the, of the COVID-19 vaccine. But it's, you know, it's good that we have a, a, already have a very robust product offering in place from a pharma life um, perspective. And, and of course, there's been um, you know, some pretty significant investment around that to ensure that we are, are able to find, uh, we're able to ensure product integrity, maintain the temperature requirements. You know, we have some, um, we have agreements with uh, a number of uh, partners that provide active containers. Um, so therefore, we're able to ensure um, that uh, that product integrity also as well partnerships that we have um, with uh, with technology companies that allow us to to track and, and to monitor temperature uh, of some of these shipments so yeah we are starting to see these other verticals sort of return um, pharma life still is our sort of uh, our, our, I suppose our, our most popular product at the moment um, and uh, you know that's uh, you know with the, with the growth continuing growth of, of some pharmaceuticals you know, this, even after we've seen the the global distribution of the vaccine obviously that's going to be an incredibly important one for us martin will you be investing more resources into the pharma life vertical well we uh, yeah it's it's something that we're very focused on we've got uh, you know we now have um sort of experts in the in the uh, in that pharma vertical that uh, we've brought in um so we have that sort of in-house expertise as i said there's been a lot of um investment in terms of the the hub increasing our, our cold store capabilities um, you know the partnerships that we have in terms of uh, uh, you know, now with the with the active containers. So it's uh, and and I think also as well and and you know the, the Hope Consortium sort of uh, illustrates this is that you know with other partnerships that we have in Abu Dhabi, um, Abu Dhabi ports for example, uh, so Khalifa ports, so Kizad at, at Khalifa port. Um, you know the capabilities they have in terms of storage capabilities is incredible. I mean they have a, a facility that can store up to six billion doses of the, the COVID nineteen vaccine, and they've got plans to ex expand that uh, uh, that facility even further, where they'll be actually able to store up to eighteen billion doses. So again, this sort of plays into the whole um, strategy around creating uh, Abu Dhabi becoming a, a real sort of farmer and uh, life sciences. Uh, uh, hub for, for the region. Martin, how did you re-engage with your customers? Because uh, one of the biggest challenges last year, particularly during the lockdown, was 
the priority was all about uh, PPE and uh, a lot of your customers, your long-term customers uh, uh, did not have the priority in terms of the other, other products and verticals. So mm-hmm. how did you realign your uh, engagement with your key customers? Yeah, well, I mean, look, I, I think the, you know, <laughs> the last 12 months is, is something that we've, we've never experienced before. And I think as I opened with, um, I think it, what it really emphasized is the value of partnerships. So, um, you know, for me, coming back to the, the cargo side of the business, and I think, you know, having you know, been on the, on the passenger side for the last five and a half years, and, and obviously still having responsibility on that side, but now assuming responsibility for cargo. I think what really, um, uh, what really stood out for me when drawing the comparisons between the two sides of the business is, you know, the cargo industry is a, it's a close-knit industry. Your client base is pretty small in comparison to on the passenger side. And, and therefore, whilst of course partnership is important on the passenger side, I think it's even more important on the cargo side of the business because your client base is that much smaller, because you know, your key um, uh, global accounts you know, control so much of, of global air freight. So therefore you have to have a strong relationship with you know, all of these, uh, all of these um, partners. So again, it was you know what really um, was emphasised during this crisis was the, was the, the the requirement to have you know as strong as possible partnerships. Again, it's about being as as flexible as possible um, and being easy to do business with. Um, and you know, and that's something that we've we've really we've really focused on um, about ensuring that. Uh, you know, we have the strongest possible partnerships possible. You no, know, one of the one of the important trends that we noticed over the last one year during the lockdown, people uh, people being uh, restricted are not being allowed to move out, or many many of the working from home. We have seen also there's a significant change in the in the customer buying patterns. There was no choice, but uh, people had to order online, and we also seen the e-retail portion of the of the retail business really significantly growing. Uh, how would you as Etihad Cargo going forward to prioritize uh, your focus on e-commerce? I think there's still, still some uncertainty about you know, what the future of the air cargo market is going to look like. But I think the one thing that we can be certain of is that uh, e-commerce is going to be something that's going to continue to grow at, at a rapid rate. Now, of course, there was you know, sizable growth of e-com um, in advance of the pandemic. But what the, uh, uh, what the pandemic... Uh, resulted in was a was was a boom in e-com as a result of as you said um you know the amount of people that were buying online i think iata quoted that there was i think there was over two billion people that um uh, that shopped online in, in 2020 and of course that's something that's just going to continue to grow i think 80 percent as well of uh, of cross-border e-com is transported by air so it's a uh, it's a it's a huge it's a huge thing for the for the cargo industry and something that's going to continue to to grow um you know in the coming years and i think you know from an etihad standpoint it's something that we are focused on in terms of how do we get a, a larger share of that business obviously we see the likes of of amazon of alibaba you know what these guys are doing the fact that they uh, certainly from an amazon perspective um you know the approach they're taking in terms of having a lot of their own control capacity um, and I think, you know, this is something that, uh, you know, we, we need to accept is going to happen. And, and I think, you know, rather than actually fighting this in any way, we need to be saying, how can we be part of this? How can we work more with an Alibaba, with, a, with an Amazon 
to, to provide that solution um, for the, the econ demand, which, uh, you know, as I said, is just going to continue to grow at a rapid rate. So it poses a, a, a huge opportunity. And I think it's changed the, uh, um, you know, the landscape in terms of the, and the outlook for the, uh, for the air cargo market tremendously. And it's, uh, you know, whilst we saw the, the PPE sort of boom last year in terms of those, those two or three months where PPE took priority over everything, understandably, the fact that you then had the econ volume coming through and, and growing at a, right, at a rate, you know, and we know that this is something, we knew that the PPE um, uh, phenomenon was exactly that, it was short-lived, um, but we know with econ, this is a different, you know, this is gonna be here and gonna continue to grow uh, and therefore, it's uh, you know it's something that uh, you know we really need to focus on on how do we how do we uh, you know play a, a bigger role in that uh, in that sector. You know, Martin, I think um, even the boom in e-commerce is also because of the rapid uh, digitalization that we have seen across mm -hmm. different industries, and air freight also has uh, has come to a stage where you have um, a lot of digitalization initiatives taking place. Uh, Today, freight, if air freight capacity is bought and sold uh, on the marketplaces, you have a you have a partnership with Cargo One, which sells your capacity online in the marketplace. Uh, uh, what is the digitalization roadmap for Etihad Cargo going forward, and what are some of the significant learnings that you picked in the last one year? Yeah, so I think the, the our digitalization strategy is I think it's really supported our own operation and, and clients during this 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 pandemic. Um, you know, what we're now able to do is provide a, a seamless booking process uh, using etihadcargo.com, um, as well as the, the portals such as, as Cargo One, as, as, as Web Cargo by Freitos. And it, this is, and, and it's minimized the need for, for paper airway bills. I mean, I, again, when I think about when I uh, moved away from the cargo business five and a half years ago and then coming back, I think the... Um, you know, the progress we've made from a digitalization perspective is, is incredible. I mean, I always used to remember going to various sort of conferences and everything else, and you would just hear the same thing over and over again, uh, and just that there was seemingly no progress being made. Um, it's, it's really, really refreshing to see just how far we've come. And from an Etihad standpoint, uh, this has been a key focus for us. Uh, I think in terms of our, our e-airway bill penetration, uh, we averaged around about 16% last year, and now we're at... Uh, uh, at 75%. So it's, you know, we're in, um, uh, you know, one of the, we're in the top 10 carriers in the world in terms of the airway bill penetration. So, um, you know, it's something that we've, we've focused a huge amount of attention on, made a lot of investments on and, uh, uh, and something that we'll continue to do. So, you know, digitalization is, has, has been key for us, key for the industry. The progress that's been made is, uh, is great. It really is. Martin, does your um, dual role of uh, uh, looking at the or heading the sales for the passenger division of Etihad and the cargo head of Etihad uh, Group does that actually give you a lot more of ideas in terms of how digitalization can take place in the cargo side of the business? It does, yeah. I mean, uh, this is something that we always used to talk about: how much more advanced the passenger side was in terms of technology, uh, in terms of sort of digitalization. So yeah, there is uh, yeah. So there's a, a number of things that I think we can learn from that side of the business, but I think also as well, vice versa. Uh, and again, I think with the uh, you know the progress that's been made and uh, on the cargo side of the uh, the business, um, you know we're 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 rapidly catching up with the passenger side from a technology standpoint. We really are. Martin, how do you look at your uh, last four months of uh, life at Etihad uh, Cargo? It's been a bit of a whirlwind, Reggie, to be honest. Um, as I said, having sort of, you know, responsibility for the passenger side as well. You've got 
two very contrasting businesses. But, but I have to say, you know, there's not many good things that have come out of this pandemic, as we know. But for me, one of the, the positives is the fact that the, you know, the cargo division, I think, and this is not, um, you know, this is not exclusive to Etihad, but within any combination carrier, uh, I think cargo is rightly getting the recognition it always deserved now. Um, I think, you know, within, within Etihad, cargo has always, has always been, uh, you know, a key part of our business. But of course, you know, with what's gone on in the last 12 months, cargo has become effectively a lifeline for the airline. And then we're seeing that obviously across the industry. So, um, you know, cargo now very much has a seat at the table in terms of discussions around overall strategy, you know, network planning, you know, a lot of the, we're up to 56 destinations again, passenger destinations. But the reason we've been able to start growing our network again is primarily because of cargo and because of the contribution that cargo has given. So the value that cargo brings and continue, you know, continues to bring to the airline is, 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 is huge. And uh, for me, uh, you know, to, to be back on that, on that, this side of the business now, uh, and, you know, having done this over the last four months, it's been a, an exciting ride. But I, I know that, uh, you know, there's still, in terms of the, you know, the current outlook, you know, the, the outlook remains very bright for, for the air cargo industry. So, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a whirlwind. Uh, and as I said, you know, uh, two very contrasting businesses, but it's, uh, um, uh, it's really exciting times from a, from a cargo perspective. Martin, to my, or to my last question, we are just about a month uh, away from closing the, the current fiscal. Uh, so how do you expect to close 2020, 2021 for Etihad Cargo? So, so, so 2020 um, was a record year for Etihad Cargo. Um, I, I won't quote any numbers because we're about to publish our, our financial results in the next week, but it was a, a record year uh, and the targets that we've set for, for 21 is effectively for us to, to replicate what we achieved in 2020, which will be, uh, which will be a challenge, but something that I, I know we'll achieve. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, you know, the results have been strong and, and again, it's, you know, cargo has been an absolute lifeline for the airline and, and I think with the continued uncertainty in, uh, as to when we're going to see any return of any meaningful passenger demand, um, that cargo will continue to be, um, you know, a shining light for, for Etihad uh, for this year as well, and I think well into 2022 as well. So, um, yeah, uh, um, it was a record year, 2020, and, uh, uh, and we need to replicate what we achieved in, in, in uh, 2020 and 21. You know, we've got plans to look to see how we get, gain access to to more capacity, as I mentioned, we are looking to see if we uh, are able, if we can strip out more seats on, on 777s. Um, you know, we, we were pretty late to the party as relates to uh, that type of operating. And the thought was, you know, if we missed the boat here, but I think that, you know, certainly the conclusion was, no, there's still a lot of life left in this. So, um, so actually, in addition to the, uh, the five aircraft we have with the seats removed uh, today, as I said, we're looking to see how we can strip more out. And obviously, we'll continue to focus on on deploying uh, and growing our passenger network through using cargo demand as the base for that. Uh, and of course, uh, we'll continue to fully optimize uh, our 777 phrases. Thanks, Martin, uh, for being part of this uh, interview series and really Pleasure. appreciate your time. And uh, I'd like to wish you the very best. Thanks, Reggie. Great talking to you. Take care. That was Martin Drew, Senior Vice President Sales and Cargo at Etihad Aviation Group. That's it from us at Stat Media Group. We bring cargo masterminds every Monday. 
Thanks for tuning in and come back on next Monday for a fresh episode. Have a nice day.